when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shot suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. I'll tell you what's up. Based out of Atlantic City, New Jersey, Geek Time Entertainment runs exclusively along with different events in the area to strategize with their partners who will benefit with increased exposure and patron traffic. Geek Time Entertainment will work with your event in increasing the event's traffic via social media, radio, and storefront advertisements. Holy cow! Also, they will help increase business for your company and event with different sales incentives. Duh. Whether your event will be small or even mid-scale, Geek Time Entertainment is the group to work with. That's what I'm talking about. Contact them today at geektimeentertainment at gmail.com or facebook.com backslash geektimeentertainment. Oh my god, who the hell cares? Hey folks, Croc here. I wanted to preface this episode with Vicky Guerrero because unfortunately she was nice enough to record twice with us since the first go-around didn't record totally on her end with us recording on Skype. So we ended up having to transfer and re-record on the phone. But I also wanted to point out that we didn't get to mention on the second go-around, but she did make it clear that when she was looking towards the future of what she was going to do post-WWE, because she did leave on good terms, that Vince made it known he was especially proud of her, that she was looking post-career and actually get an education where we all know the history of guys just counting on the wrestling business to take care of them as far as having a career 
when realistically younger and younger generations realize that, hey, they're not going to be able to go forever. So, and yes, she was only an in-ring general manager and manager of talent, but she was still trying to be conscious of what was next and how am I going to earn a decent living career-wise. So he did make it a point to let her know that he was super proud that she was thinking about what is my next goal career-wise in life. So on that note, why don't we have a certain someone else who's made that next transition state and his professional career sing her in. Oh boy, is this great! There's a very special woman that The Rock wanted to sing a very special song to tonight. No, not Cookie Puss. And I'd like to bring her out here. Would you please come out, Vicky Guerrero? Don't be shy, Vicky. Come on out. I just want to sing a song to you. Ah. There you are, Vicky. There you are. You look so nice. I got a very special song I wanted to sing for you, Vicky. You ran off last time, last time I was talking to you backstage. Sing a very special song. I want to sing it to you here in Houston. And sing it in front of the world. One of my favorite artists, Mr. Eric Clapton. Brushes a short black hair And then she'll ask me Do I look alright? And I said, no, biatch You look horrible tonight Don't go anywhere, Vicky Don't go anywhere you're going to want to hear this, because the world wants to sing it to you. You abuse all your power, waste everybody's time. You dress like a hooker, not the expensive kind. So get your ass to the a one-way flight because biatch you look horrible tonight I said biatch you look horrible tonight hold on Vicky don't go 
because we want to sing you out. We'll sing you goodbye properly. We said, Biatch, you look horrible tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Houston, Texas, that is one horrible looking biatch. I just got to Yes. Well, folks, as you heard there, third time should be the charm, which good and bad with technology, but she's best known for igniting negative reactions with her audiences with her villainous persona and the catchphrase, excuse me. However, most fans truly adore her and have been flocking to different events to see her. Her new website is vickyguerrero.net. That's right, it's Vicky Guerrero. Good morning. Excuse me! Good morning. <laughs> yes, and it's a good way to clear up the lungs first thing in the morning over there in Houston, Texas. And I'm yes. sure you have used that for a raised voice a time or two with children. Uh, yeah, my kids knew my, my yelling voice very well, and soon fans got to hear of it and share it in their everyday lives. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least you got paid for that, so. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the great Bobby Heenan always said that, you know, hey, if I'm going to get catch heat, I might as well get paid for it, so. <laughs> yeah, and do it well, and it'll go great. <laughs> yeah. So, website is up. Uh, you have several different things, some products you were selling. You got some photos. You got makeup. Yeah. Uh, we were discussing when we were trying to record on Skype there uh, some black uh, mascara for me and some pink lipstick. So that should be interesting yeah. when that comes in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I need your wife on there so we can I can have a discussion with her. But, yeah, some great products. Um, it shows that the Duval products that I'm involved with for the hairline. Um, I'm part of a fire fan app where the fans are able to go on the app and play a live. Uh, we just finished the NFL season, so now we're the NBA season. So fans can go on there, chat with celebrities and uh, current and past superstars, and uh, and then have bragging rights whenever you um, guess the correct p uh, prediction questions, you score points. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of trash talking, a lot of cheering, and um, it's it's kind of a great time to you know just have fun and uh, enjoy the game as well. And then you know with uh, I have my calendar of events, and there's a, a message board that you can leave a message for me. And then there's the cougar necklaces. So just a lot of great things that are added every day, and I'm excited about it. So, yeah, it's going really well. Well, let me ask about that right there, the cougar necklaces. And obviously you use the term cougar with cougar splash and, and <laughs> a lot of promos and whatnot. Did you actually copy that or copyright that, or was that a uh, 
WWE thing that they copyrighted. No, no. Everything that, um, thank God, everything that I, you know, came up with was uh, on my own. Um, you know, so the excuse me, the cougar, you know, those are everyday phrases, but I, I just kind of revolved them to, you know, uh, be part of my character, and they've gone very well for me. So these cougar necklaces are you know, actually from a, a, um, a jewelry line that um, one of the ladies who um, created that line, she's one of the makeup artists in WWE, and so uh, Kitchen Couture is her company, and she is always developing new things for me. So she's a great friend and just really uh, creative, and I love her jewelry line. So, yeah, she's she's done a great job with the cougar necklaces. Well, if folks want to look at that stuff, go to vickygrow.net and to get the links. And you'll also see how to use the promo codes of Cougar. So yes. Check out. Yes. Yeah, we, we got to sell, sell the product, that's for sure. Thank you. So, <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, got to keep the economy going, so why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you were saying you are studying what for your bachelor's degree because we had mentioned a few minutes ago that you were got your associates in medical administration but what is it again that you are studying right um i'm currently doing my bachelor's degree for science of healthcare management where i'm able to uh, run a physician's office and you know take care of the staff and the collections of the accounts receivable and accounts payable. So that's my dream. You know, as soon as um, I, I get towards the end of my bachelor's degree, which will be next year, um, I'm going to start looking to, uh, you know, for a physician's office to work at. So I'm, I have a lot of goals and a lot of dreams and um, I'm just leaving it to God to keep my brain, you know, healthy. <laughs> I can do this homework and, uh, and I you know, the time that I need to do it. So, so far everything's going really well. So it's, um, it's all going according to plan. Yes. Now, obviously that's a pre, you've made some pretty drastic jumps along <laughs> the beats of life here. You were a stay-at-home mom. You went to a on-air character with WWE after Eddie's passing and mm-hmm. whatnot. You did something involved for it evolved from a two-month storyline to ten years, and now <laughs> you had uh, done some medical work and study what you just mentioned. When you and obviously you seem like a goal-oriented person and everything. When you're yeah. looking at the landscape of okay, what am I doing next? after WWE, this is going back a couple of years, but when you're looking at the landscape of everything, what was it about the medical field that says, hey, I think I want to try going in this direction? Well, I wanted it to, um, you know, going into, the, I was already eight years into WWE, and I started, you know, thinking about, you know, I wanted to leave on a good note with WWE. Uh, that was important to me. A lot of people stay in the business because there's nothing else to fall back on and um, even Eddie and I had this discussion you know for many years you know what would Eddie do you know after his wrestling career is over with and that was something that was just a big discussion and you know when uh, I started you know going towards my eighth year and you know my character wasn't as popular you know um, you know I was doing things here and there and you know in storylines but I wanted to um you know, find something that was going to be an industry that's demanding and, of course, popular and, you know, it would, of course, bring in money. 
So uh, the healthcare industry is always always going to be there because people always need help, you know, with their health needs. And so I, I signed up online and started, you know, going through the process of going to school. And by the time I, I left WWE, I had graduated my associate. So, you know, doing it online, I was able to travel and, you know, keep up my schedule with the wrestling shows and still, you know, do my homework as, as needed. So, yeah, that was something that was really important to uh, to have a backup plan to provide for me and my girls. Yeah, and, you know, that's interesting that you mentioned it. It was conversations that you and Eddie were having. Obviously, none of that came to fruition because of what happened. But did we, within those conversations, and if I'm out of school for asking here, please say so, uh, oh, no. did we ever uh, come to a conclusion what, whether it be trading guys or some, what that next step would, would have been for him? Yeah, you know, Eddie always wanted to be part of the wrestling industry, you know, so he had always hoped that, you know, when his career was done that he would be able to be an agent or um, some aspect to work with Vince McMahon. You know, Eddie had a lot of admiration for Vince and loved working by his side, and they just, both of them, you know, if you could sit there, as I did, and, and listen to their conversations and see the love that they had between each other, Eddie was always wanting to keep progressing his career with Vince. And so, you know, he always had prayed that he would have some kind of part in the company, you know, once he wasn't able to wrestle anymore. So that was a dream of his, you know, that Eddie had always talked about. So that was his um, his solution, you know, when his career would be over with. Yeah, tra- transition to the backstage uh, yeah. side of things. And mm-hmm. from obviously what I've heard, I, I never got the – come across Eddie during his lifetime and whatnot, unfortunately, but from talking to people that had known him, that he was one of those guys, especially, he was always loved, and these were guys and gals who knew him for years, you know, your Jerichos and all those guys who knew him coming up around the same time, that he was even more loved those last several years once he was able to overcome his demons. Right. So he had, as far as doing backstage, could definitely, from what I've heard, could definitely see him doing so because when he got passionate about, and I'm quoting from what I've heard, when he was passionate about something and his mind was always running, what can we, what can I do? How can we improve things? So that definitely seems like that could have been something he could have done. Oh, absolutely. You know, Eddie had a big heart to where, um, you know, he was very spiritual and, and we and we both believe in God and, you know, that everything that's good, you know, comes from God and, you know, to uh, to have him, you know, share the word of God, you know, with other guys and to let them know that, you know, you can have all the money and the fame in the world, but without your spirituality and, you know, and looking up to a higher power, you know, there's nothing much to life after that, you know. So you have to make yourself happy first and be fulfilled, you know, spiritually, and then everything else falls into place. And Eddie just had a big heart, you know, if somebody was going through a hard time and, um, you know, or someone just needed advice, Eddie had his Bible, you know, and he would take the guys, you know, to the arena and they'd go find somewhere to sit. And he was just known for having a really compassionate heart and just – a love of he wanted everyone to be okay and you know and to find their peace inside. So I think with him, if he ever had the chance to be an 
agent. I think that would have been just a really great, you know, opportunity for guys to work with Eddie. And Eddie got excited about storylines. You know, I mean, if there was something great, I mean, Eddie would come home just writing down so many ideas and, and, you know, just get excited and and wanted to do it that night, you know. So, of course, you know, with that, you know, and things didn't go the way he planned, you know, he would get discouraged because he believed in something so much. But when storylines got great, then Eddie was just 100% in, you know, with his Harding character. Well, speaking of which, because I love Eddie to death and think everything or think the world of him when, yes, speaking of him as far as account and stuff and don't want to completely stay on Eddie, but like you said, he was always full of ideas and whatnot. When you were introduced on air, you and your girls, as far as doing stuff with one of his best friends, Ray Mysterio and his family and all, was it very, uh, how do I say, strenuous? Because an outsider looking in, he wore his heart on his sleeve there when he was yeah. into something. So was it hard trying to get you guys involved to, hey, we, now we need things done this way. We, I, you know, this is how I see things going. Or was he cool with you guys going well, at your own pace? <laughs> well, we didn't want to piss him off by doing a bad job because we had to go home with him that night. <laughs> yeah. So that was something that, you know, we, we didn't expect a lot from the girls, you know, because um, – well, even much for me either. I mean, you know, we're at home and, you know, when Dent came to approach, you know, Ray's family and, and you know, me and the girls saying, you know, we like to bring in the family and get this storyline as real as possible and, you know, just make this storyline, you know, feel emotionally, you know, connected with both families. Um, we were pretty scared. I mean, you know, I never – I've always performed in front of crowds but not at the capacity of WWE crowds. So, um, you know, for Vince to sit down with me and the girls and, and Eddie was there too, you know, and to let, um, let us know what they expected from us. You know, when Vince told the girls, you know, okay, when your dad gives you the, the Iggy, you know, we want you to start crying. And, you know, and the girls were amazing. I mean, we were almost scared of what we got them involved in because, you know, when it came to the, the crowd, we walked out and, you know, there was one where we um, just kind of walked out to outside of Gorilla and watched Eddie in the ring. And when Eddie came up and gave, you know, our our two girls the Iggy to start crying, I was, we just kind of went home going, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Almost like opening a Pandora's box kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they were never scared. I mean, our girls are really talented and amazing and they, they love the, the adrenaline, you know, and it's in the family, you know, when, when Eddie did great and, um, you know, he had a great night or he was, you know, he succeeded in one of his goals. We were cheering for him. It was a, a business that we totally loved and, and we, we, he had our support. So to go out there and be part of the storyline, we were for it. You know, we were like, why not? <laughs> but, you know, well, I guess this is a twofold question because you became a talent for 10 years and Eddie for his whole life. Where were you guys able to, okay, when we're on the road, we're on the road, we're working. But when you went home to be within your four walls, were you guys able to turn off that creative side of things that you can go, okay, now it's time to be mom and dad, that, you know, what, you know, try to be as normal as possible? Absolutely. That was one thing that um, me and Eddie worked on every day when he was home is that, 
You know, it's not about what dad does. You know, we're a family. And, of course, Eddie took part of disciplining the girls. And, you know, there was still homework and chores that the girls had to do. And even though Eddie spoiled them and he was the good guy most of the time because I was at home, you know, doing the bad stuff, um, you know, it still was important that the girls, you know, learn their authority with Eddie. And, you know, he was still the dad and he still made decisions. So, yeah, it was something that was important that, you know, we wanted to just be as normal as possible. Well, maybe not mentally, but <laughs> but we, yeah. we really tried to make a, a stable environment for our girls and, you know, keep them, um, you know, living as normal as possible. Yeah, yeah, like you said, he is dad, but at the end of the day, you know, because he's on yeah. the road, he, I'm sure he tried to make up. Yeah. Oh, let's. Hey, let's go to the movies. What's that fun? The infamous oh, that, yeah. where it's gone around about the water gun fight where you told me oh, he yes. it ended up being a rib because he got just dollar store guns or whatever or cheap yeah. ones and he got the big super soaker deal. Yeah, he went to Toys R Us and got like the sixty dollar squirt gun that held like three gallons of water tanks, you know, on his back so he could like just soak the kids. But, you know, it, it was hard because, you know, if he was gone for three weeks, Eddie had a lot of guilt, you know, because he missed the girls and he would miss a lot of social events, you know, at their school and other activities going on. And, you know, so if one of the girls got a doll for their chores, you know, they not only came home with the doll, but he bought them the house and the furniture, you know. And it's like, I tell him, like, Eddie, you know, this is not teaching them anything. Like, it's supposed to just be a doll that she earned. And he's like, yeah, but her eyes gave me this sad puppy look. And she just loved the way this house looked. And so, yeah, Eddie spoiled them. And, you know, he always wanted to try and make up for the time that he lost for them. <laughs> yeah, so, but that probably drove, like you said, drove you nuts from time to time. That's like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, me off. Having the girls wrapped around his finger, you know. Yeah, because I'm the one disciplining, and Dad comes home and gets them all the toys they want. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. We were talking about, oh, my God, Pandora's box here. But did do you see Shaw going back into the industry or what the deal is? She's actually married, last I heard, to a former development or current development of talent. And she yeah. had a couple, couple cups of coffee there. and. <laughs> I mean, she's been in and out. What do you do? You see her actually making another go for the industry, or? Um, well, you know, when she uh, when she was approached by Johnny Ace, you know, to to join the development, um, she did really well, and she's always loved theater, and she's really great with crowds. Um, you know, she's a performer, um, but you know, when she hurt her neck, uh, she was not able to wrestle anymore, you know, because of her injury. So. Um, you know, she, she misses it every day, and she does other things as far as performing. You know, she's into dancing and stuff. Um, but, yeah, she's married to Aiden English, you know, who is part of the Villains. And so we can never get out of this business as much as we try. <laughs> you know, so, um, but she misses, you know, she missed when they had to let her go. And uh, she had to really be honest with herself if, you know, her health was more important than, you know, keeping that dream going and wrestling and um, with how much she was hurting, you know, she really needed to be honest with herself and, and let that, you know, part of her dream go. And, uh, you know, but I mean, if she ever came back, I, I'm sure she'd be great as a manager, you know, cause she, she's amazing. You know, she, her stage name was Raquel Diaz. So, you know, she almost scared me about how good she was. And I almost wish we had always 
and we had able to work with each other because that was the, the plan, you know, when she was at NXT that they were going to bring her up and we could work together as, you know, a mom and a mom and daughter, you know, kind of manager duo. But, you know, it didn't work out and we just had to kind of trust that things were for the better. But, um, yeah, you know, so now we focus on, on my son-in-law, you know, and cheer him on with the WWE. <laughs> yeah, well, it must have been interesting. And obviously, Eddie had passed well before this stage, but that probably would have been an interesting conversation to say <laughs> for her to come home and say, "Oh, Dad, I met somebody," and oh, by the way, he's a wrestler. I don't think it would have gone very well. I, you know, yeah. we talk about this. You know, you know, we keep saying, "You know, what would Dad think?" You know, or what would he say? And I think they'd have to date probably 10 years before they could convince Eddie that the marriage is good. <laughs> yeah, this would have been, yeah. at, at the very least, it would have been an interesting conversation there. Hey, yeah. Dad, oh, by the way. <laughs> I think um, my daughter always wanted to be trained by Eddie, so that's something that she really wishes that she had that opportunity because um, his work ethic was so amazing, you know, with, when it came to his craft. So, you know, there's things that we, we were sad about because we wish that Eddie was a part of it. But, um, yeah. you know, we know he's looking down and, you know, you have to keep moving. You have to keep living and, you know, and you can't stop because, you know, Eddie's not to make him proud, you know, with uh, us by continuing life. And, well, you, you bring up an interesting point there about, you know, moving on and life keep going. I don't want to go too far into it because of, privacy and not being in that field but you've moved on and remarried you know how's yes. that how was that for you and deciding okay i think i'm ready to move on and i know you said yeah. you, when we tried this the first time you had uh met him online and you know things went yes. so well we're at where we're at now well you know i mean for 10 years you know i was single you know i my focus was raising my kids and i i tried some dating you know here and there and the guys were just horrible and they weren't they weren't the guy that I was that I wanted to be with, you know. So you date and you you know, you get lonely. I'm I'm still a human being and I'm still yeah. um, you know, you still gotta live life and you wanna enjoy the holidays, you know, with someone special and I just came to the realization that I'm not gonna be with anyone else, you know, Eddie was gonna be my only husband and I pretty much got settled in my life, um, you know, for you know that that whole amount of time just focused on my school and work and you know just keeping myself and the girls happy and uh you know so when I finally met someone you know it was online I don't I don't go to the bars and you know meet guys because that's the most horrible place you can meet someone um and I was pretty private you know I didn't like anyone you know it's hard for me to go out and, and do something because people be like oh you're so-and-so and then that ruins my whole you know gimmick. what's their intentions yeah, you know, and you want someone to love you for who you are, not for what you do. And in this in this type of industry, it's really hard because, you know, you're kind of the, you know, the guinea pig. You know, people want to just be with you because of what who you are. And, that you know, that's, that was a problem I had with a bunch of guys I, I dated. So when I met when I met my current husband you know, online, you know, he had no idea who I was. Um, it was kind of a joke, you know, dating for, you know, the first four months. You know, people would come up to me and go, oh, my gosh, Vicky Guerrero, I can't believe you're here. And, and 
my husband Chris would be like, well, how would they know you're here? Why would they care if you're here? <laughs> and I kind of kept it from him for a while. And then, and then when he came over to my house and he saw my office where all my pictures are, and he, you know, he wasn't a wrestling fan at all. I mean, he knew of it, but he wasn't an avid watcher. And then, of course, now, you know, he he knows all. <laughs> and, and now he's a fan because he supports our son-in-law and he uh, he likes to watch it and go to the shows and, you know, just kind of be in the world that I used to be in. So, yeah, I, I pray to God about it. You know, it's, it's very hard to make a life with someone after you've been with, you know, after I've been with Eddie for so long. I was with Eddie for 24 years, you know, altogether. So, you know, to to just, you know, be a part of that, you know, other person's life, you know, you have to really give it to God and, and I wanted, I didn't want to be alone, you know, when I got old. I, I wanted to be with someone, you know, who wants to be alone in this world? It's sad, you know, and it's lonely. Yeah. And, um, but you know, this, um, we're going on almost two years and it's, life is great. He's a sweetheart and he loves the girls, which was very important to me. And, um, you know, I, I'm blessed and it's just all from God, you know, giving me this great life. Now, what about going back to the career and work side of things? How were you with doing the physical stuff if and when you were asked to do things, whether it was the tombstone or the 619 or, you know, the different (laughs) physical aspects if was asked about it? Well, I mean, you know, of course, I never had training, you know, on it, and so, it was kind of the joke of the day, you know, when um, every day we'd go to work, you know, say Raw or SmackDown. And, you know, of course, after you eat and you slip into your sweats, you know, you're just kind of waiting for the show to come out. Uh, when I would see Vince come out, you know, and he would have his, you know, paperwork, and I see the crash pad come out, it pretty much meant that I was doing something that night. I mean, I could just bet money on it. <laughs> and and when Vince would tell me, you know, Guerrero, can I have a few moments with you? You know, and I, I knew that there was going to be something that was not in my realm of a normal night. <laughs> so, but, you know, whatever guys, you know, were involved and whatever Vince wanted, we walked through it. You know, we, we would do a few, you know, rehearsal shots, you know, so I could get the feel of what it's going to feel like. And these guys were professional. You know, Ray Mysterio, you know, Chris, Undertaker, um, you know, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, uh, Chavito, my nephew, they were just professionals, and they walked me, you know, through every step. And, and of course, you know, we, we had to go through and make sure I was placed in the right place in the ring. And it always went off really well, and I just wanted to give my 100% to these guys. So, you know, it was something that I was scared, but then yeah, I gave my 100%, and, you know, I was going to go for it. You know, good or bad, let's go for it. <laughs> but, and. I've heard it on other aspects, but on the psychology of the whys and it, because you weren't physical all the time, but would you say the psychology part, besides Chavito and some of those guys you mentioned, would, would you say that Edge or Adam Copeland was the biggest reason that you were able to learn because of working with him so closely? Absolutely, yeah. Um the first thing I had for, you know, Edge and Dolph um, and The Undertaker was respect. You know, I was, a, I was a fan of these guys because Eddie was working with these guys before I even came into the picture. So, you know, for me to – I never said no to anything. And um, for me to be able to prove to them that I, w- I wanted to give my heart and to do the best job I could for these guys was something that 
meant a lot to me. And when it did go good and it was a great night and Vince was happy when I went back to Gorilla, I slept good that night, you know. But, of course, you know, a bad night, you know, and probably didn't go as, as planned or, you know, things didn't go as we wanted it to. You kind of sleep uneasy, you know, but you just have to, you know, erase it and look forward to the next day. Final question for you would be, do you feel that your work is worthy of being in the Hall of Fame with Eddie? I would I would be honored, you know, to be in the Hall of Fame. That's um, me and Eddie would be the first husband wife that, that would be inducted. Uh, yeah, I I think you know I, I gave my heart in a hundred percent that you know I did well for the company and I was blessed to work with many guys and celebrities and be able to work with Vince, you know, Triple H and Stephanie. That's an honor in itself because a lot of people don't get to be in the ring, you know, with them and do a promo. So, um, you know, if they feel that I'm I'm worthy enough to be in the Hall of Fame, I will accept the invitation because that's a that would be a great honor that would just complete my 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 tenure at WWE. Well, the website is VickyGuerrero.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on Twitter and Instagram and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero. Vicky, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day, and it was a pleasure. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jeff! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Greetings, good citizens. I'm Pierre Robert from 93.3 WMMR. I don't know if you know this, but let me be the first to inform you. You are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Stay sane. Don't go off the edge. Please don't. We need you. (laughs) 